All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are once again. Episode 4, I believe, here on April Fool's Day. So this is not a joke. We are actually trying to start a real podcast. Don't you agree, Jay? Uh, we're trying. We're trying really hard. <laughs> we're running a couple minutes late today because apparently sound doesn't necessarily just magically work. So yeah, we're trying to do our, uh, do our thing here. For sure. So absolutely, guys, one more time. This is episode four of Parents vs. Gaming. My name is James Ayers. I am the gaming dad. I'm here with uh, Jay Noller, who is US Bobber on PlayStation. I'm an Xbox guy. And here we are uh, just kind of discussing the rules of parents versus gaming and their kids gaming and kind of the do's and don'ts and maybe some just advice and suggestions on, on how to do things. Um, but uh, Jay, you missed us last week. We spent, you know, weeks setting up this great interview with streamer uh, Alexis Jordan. And Jordan joined us, and, you know, due to some issues, I believe, you're going to go into a little bit of detail, maybe you have some fun stories to us as to why you kind of missed out on this last week? Look, I'm only looking over here at the door to make sure my wife is not <laughs> anywhere within earshot, but, um, you know, you're right, we had uh, we had everything set up, we talked to her ahead of time, I said I was ready, I was good to go, and then it was just chaos. We were supposed to be going doing the sunset uh, oh, sorry. For those that don't know, I was actually in Zion National Park last week. So uh, with my kids on their spring break and everything. And so we were able to explore the park. It was amazing. But then we went to go do our sunset cruise tour or sunset Jeep tour. And then um, my wife sent us to the wrong place because we didn't understand that there was more than one entrance to the park. So we thought was a 20 minute drive to go jump on the sunset Jeep cruise. Uh, we throw it in the GPS and it was three and a half hours. And so uh, we ended up having to miss that. We had to do some other stuff. There were some tears, not from my kids, um, but we got everything good. We were, we were great. Um, and thank you. Uh, much love to her for just kind of jumping in because um, I know that there was some apprehension of just jumping into the thing. Oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll both be there. And then like 15 minutes before, I'm like, bro, I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely was. Um was jarring and i and i think it, it threw us for a little bit but you know we we did a great job uh we did such a good job that actually for those that are listening in that have started to follow us um i know there was so much great feedback last week with uh jordan i actually spoke with her today and starting next week uh she's going to join us full time we're going to be a three-person panel which i think is great because jay and i are both old and dads um, the only difference between the two of us is I have a 10 month old and he has actual kids that can hold a controller now. Um, but Jordan being a 22 year old female streamer, even though she grew up in gaming, she just adds such a, a great dynamic to the team, I think. And I'm, I'm super excited Jay to have, to have you on at the same time as her and for the three of us to bounce ideas off of each other, because I think she brings in such a unique take. So she officially accepted that today. And uh, so starting next week, we'll have her. And then of course, we still want to go forward with some of the guests. I know we're still looking to get someone for um, kind of the autism side of things. I'm reaching out to able gamers. If you know them, uh, do a lot of things for kids with disabilities and hopefully we can get some, someone from there on the channel. And, uh, and I know you've obviously got some, um, some guest possibly in your back pocket that I don't want to, you know, count my chickens before they're hatched, but hopefully that comes to fruition. So we've got a lot of great things lined up for everyone that is tuned in and I hope you guys go along with this. So with that being said, let's kind of jump into our first topic, Jay. Um, 
I got into a little bit of a debate with someone, not a debate, but someone posted something last week that really kind of threw me off, and their straight-up post was, if there was one thing in the world I could take, if I could take away, it would be video games. And it was in reference to the fact that her kids um, seem to not be able to handle taking a game away from them. So before I dive too deep into it, I kind of want your opinion on just from the onset, without getting too much context, what's your thought when you see something like that, that they just want to take it away because their kids freak out anytime they try to remove it? Uh, do I know this person? No, do no, we need no, to go, no, no, uh, no, you go don't. throw blows you don't. real quick? No, 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 you don't. Um, so the podcast person in me goes, oh, um, yeah, no, we can definitely talk about that. And then the adult and parent in me go, um, well, it's time for you to step up and be a parent and lead by example. So, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways to kind of chew it up. And I think that, you know, just, oh, man, that's definitely something that we can talk about, but, um, it seems like a lot of these topics and especially as you and I are doing these episodes, these topics are really bigger than gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's the introduction. I mean, we talked about it, uh, not, not last week, uh, but the week before <laughs> of, you know, of just kind of the introduction of games and like the progression of games and um, content of games and everything. And I really think that that kind of comes back to uh, this topic as well is how do you how do you make sure your kids got limits? I mean, video games aren't going anywhere. Netflix binge watching isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, alcohol isn't going anywhere. Vices aren't going anywhere. I mean, it, it always seems like every time you and I talk, we're, we're like, okay, let's have these like little small topics and we'll kind of chat about them. And then once we start talking about them, we realize that it's really speaking to larger societal pieces as a whole. Okay. Now, I, w- I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to give you more context to this now because oh. I, I did ask, I said why, and I'd love your honest opinion and, 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 and kind of want a little bit more context. Now, to give you a little bit of context to who the person is, is they're an art teacher. They're very mm-hmm. good with, with uh, art, right? So they are phenomenal. They're, they're a great mom. They're a great family person and they're a very happy person, right? So they're not someone that's super harsh and doesn't think, you know, they even played video games as a kid as themselves. And I know this for a fact. So the response was, and I want you to listen to this. I teach visual arts. I like having a tangible product that I can show that I spent my time and efforts on. Okay, so it's it's hard to, to wrap her mind around virtual stuff, which I get. I also have to teach media arts, which is digital art. And for me personally, I need to touch the paint. I need to touch the paintbrush. I need to touch the clay or whichever medium that we use to work with. The tangible product is something that I can show others what talents that I possess and how my hands and mind have created something beautiful. I see long-term effects of children not being able to write, draw, cut, color for longer than 10 minutes because their dexterity is not consistent or exercised. They type. So she's not saying they have no dexterity. They're just not having it in that way. Um, they have great dexterity and typing and things like that. Their hands are used in different ways. Therefore, their fine motor skills seem to suffer. They struggle with drawing. I also see that in my own children who are 11 and 5, both boys struggle with their temperament. Whether I give time restraints or warnings, there are still issues with turning off the device. 
They struggle with separating the real, real world with the gaming world. They ignore their pets. They get lost in the game and lose track of time. It is a huge problem in our house, and I struggle with it daily. I don't want to take them away, but at the same time, they are limited. My son would rather spend hours playing games than playing a sport or playing outside. It's affected his weight. He's lazy. I've created my own problem. Now I'm stuck with taking away the game, device, TV, phone, tablet that I've let them use before, and now they have limits. And now I have to come clean and be honest that I completely suck at gaming. Um, I'm a terrible (laughs) gamer and haven't played, played since I was a kid. I've tried, but I just don't understand it today. Um, I don't want to call out exactly who the person is. I do know them personally. And and I, I'm i trying to look at it from the... Obviously, the initial post was just out of anger, like we all do. You right. probably, you know, kids are reacting. Now, the first thing that I, that I like to talk about and I want to bring to light is that obviously the temperament issue, you can probably remember when you were a kid, when I was a kid... I had that same temper tantrum if my parents tried to take me off the basketball court or it didn't matter what it was, whatever I was heavily invested in in that moment, if they wanted me to stop, I felt like I, I'm pretty sure I threw multiple temper tantrums. So my first thought is that just be, it's not the gaming that is causing the temperament. I think you're going to get that same temper tantrum temperament behavior no matter what it is so thank you for sharing that because it really sounds like once again we're, we're starting to dive into kind of more family dynamics and medium media and everything else and you know my first initial argument about because there's a lot to unpack there so let's start with the mo- fine motor skills um I agree. And I also agree that if you don't develop those things, it's like everything else, you know, you're going to lose it. Uh, my son's handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, guess what? Like, you got to work on it. You have to work on it. And you may, we made it a point of emphasis here the last like month or so. And it's, his handwriting has gone up substantially in the last like month. Uh, we were actually just talking about that a couple hours ago before he went to bed. Um, so it's like anything else. Um, the other, and and I'm that, that was a really long post, so I'm trying to work my way through yeah. each kind of piece and kind of address it. But, um, you know, I know it, it almost sounds, because she explained it at the very beginning that she wants to be able to touch it. She's a tactile person. Yeah, it's like, and, it's like they have a hard time with the transition, which is fair. And that's, you know, one of right. the reasons we we started this podcast is try to, you know, we're not telling anyone how to raise their kids. We're not telling them that they can be wrong. They, they can have their opinion. We just want to kind of educate what can come of it. Yeah. And it sounds like it's it's almost like the, um, you know, like, well, I don't get it and I don't necessarily like it. And, and I applaud her, first of all, for just saying like, hey, like, I don't like, what do I do? Like, I, I just kind of throw hands up and stuff and. It, it takes a really special person to be able to say that. But, you know, I would speak to her and I would say, look, James, I know you're a soccer fan. I can't stand it. It's you guys are a bunch of prima donnas. Every single uh, sliding tackle, you think they snap their leg. Um, you guys have the cure to cancer, apparently, in that little spray can that you come out and spray on the ankle. That's a miracle and, heal. And, 
Yeah, pray, praise Jesus, it's hallelujah. the same stuff Michael Jordan used in Space Jam. It's the same juice. <laughs> yeah, you just spray he, it to drink he, it. Yeah, and so, um, you know, it, it, for me, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Um, and I would say that we're kind of running into that a little bit. Like, her kids are growing up in a much more of a digital environment where all of their world is, um, you know, I hate to use the phrase, but it's the only one I could think of right now is like deviant art where people go in and it's nothing but digital artwork um, and it's digital creation and it's all drawn on iPads and everything else. Whereas she grew up in a time where that wasn't even an option, Correct. but her kids have naturally gravitated towards it. And I would almost challenge <clears throat> her to kind of go and look and see what is created now. Um, even from a practical uh, standpoint, I know you and I are talking about logos and uh, making this a real podcast and looking good. I guarantee you the person that we've been speaking to about the logo and stuff isn't using a piece of paper to try to draw it. Um, you know, <laughs> it really is starting to move towards digital. But I think that there's definitely enough space in the art and creative world for both. You know, you're going to have the people that do the digital artwork and everything, but there's always going to be a place for oils and pastels and um, installations and, you know, uh, performance art pieces and everything, because that's what makes the world great, right? Like arts is really what is the payoff for working hard. So, um, you know, I would maybe look into that a little bit more and try to understand it and see what can also be created. I think also um, thinking back, she was mentioning that uh, she was having problems with her kids coming off the devices. Um, yeah. Man, it's that was one thing that we worked really hard with our kids on. And my son comes home and he'll play, you know, uh, Roblox for a little bit and stuff. And um, the the there's a couple of key phrases that I've used uh, repeatedly with them is one, handle your business. Um, and sometimes when there's some frustration, there's another word that I use at the end of that. That's a four letter word starts with S. Um, but it's handle your, and he, you don't get the games, you don't get the payoff, you don't get anything else until you handle your, so that's your homework. That's all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then also explaining to them that, you know, there's a time limit. So, okay, you got all your homework done. You've got everything like that. Look, bedtime's eight o'clock. I want you off by seven 30 and I'll set in a timer on Alexa but I hold two to 7.30. 7.30, I don't care where you are in the game. I don't care anything like that. That Chromebook closes. Funk. Done. You get to push control S. That's, that's about as far as you get um, when the timer mm -hmm. goes off. And I think that also speaks to a lot of, of just life skills. And I would look at that, that as actually an opportunity to learn for them, for you to be able, meaning her, to be able to teach your kids how to you know, deal with those things that are kind of like the treats of the day, like your business is at work or school or parenting or whatever it is. That's the meat and potatoes of the day. That's what you've got to get done every day in order for your life to be successful. Whereas the video games, and I would say, I hate to say it, I've lost myself in a book before. <clears throat> um, you know, I've stayed up too late watching TV. I've played games. I've worked too long. Like there's a lot of other things and I think that you just kind of use gaming as the as a scapegoat to kind of sum up all of it. And that's what you kind of focus in on, because that's the one piece that you don't notice. Um, but I'm sure her kids have stayed up reading reading before. And, you know, the the lazy piece of it is 
uh, it, sorry, thinking back to what else you mentioned is they're fat and lazy and don't want to go outside and everything else. It's okay to come home and be like, no, no games today. Go play outside. Sorry. Mm. And there's a lot of days when um, it hasn't happened. And when my kids ask me, dad, why I want to play games, I look at them dead in the face and go, because now, you need to exercise. And with that context, I want to jump in real quick. We've got Crash in, in the chat here. He says, I played video games for hours as a kid, but if someone said, hey, let's go play baseball, soccer, basketball, anything outside, we'd drop it and go outside. Blaming video games is avoiding recognizing that you aren't connecting with your kid. I, I don't know if I would go that far, Crash. I would actually say this. I think comparing our younger generation to to dropping a game and running outside is a little bit different than today because when we were kids, we didn't have online gaming. We couldn't get online and play with five to fifteen to you know to to meet all these other kids that that didn't live in our neighborhood or kids friends you made as kids and they moved off somewhere. So I can't just you know before it'd be one or two of us in the basement playing Mario Brothers and another friend would knock on the door and say, hey, let's go outside and play some baseball or play basketball. And you'd be like, okay, let's all go play together. But now you're playing in an environment a lot of times, playing with multiple friends. So I do I do think that that can be a little bit of a struggle. If it, if it's not them just playing by themselves or them just playing with one other friend. They could be playing with multiple friends or the same friends in the neighborhood where, again, it could be the same thing. All the parents may have to work together and say, you know, every Tuesday is an outside day or something like that. I mean, there's, you know, again, I'm not trying to tell people how to parent. There's there's all, all different ways. The other thing I want to bring up in regards to the temperament, funny enough that we're talking about this because briefly got brought up on IGN's Game Scoop. Justin Davis has a, has a younger daughter, and he talked about how she's starting to play games now, and he sees a side of her that he's like, he hates it. Because he sees her getting frustrated with the game or getting angry and she has this like anger. And as a father, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. But he, he struggles being in the gaming industry. He looks at it a little bit different, right? And he struggles with the fact that how does he say as a parent that that's wrong to act that way when he knows very, you know, today's world a lot. And we, we've talked about this on the first two episodes, helicopter parents, right? Parents that, like you said, your kids, if they're going to play a game, they play it out in the open, so you're there. But, Jay, you have to be honest. When you were a kid, when I was a kid, I'm sure when many people that are older were kids, our parents weren't that interested in the video game, so we played by ourselves. So when I got pissed off at the game and threw the controller against the wall or wanted to toss my Nintendo out the window, my parents didn't witness any of that. Well, now, because parents make their kids, you know, and and they should, kid games are a lot more adult and, and there's a lot of reasons to watch them, but I think today's generation is seeing the frustration and thinking that it's new and forgetting that when we were kids, our parents just might not have seen that side of us sometimes. Well, and I would actually challenge um, anybody who's saying that to go, hey, drop your kid in an organized soccer game. And I guarantee you those same range of emotions are going to be played out whether you see it or not. Um, Correct. You know, my yeah. kid That's down. what he was getting at. Yeah, you know, because – um, my daughter, um, you know, uh, we, uh, we say, you know, her name, um, don't give a shit. And that's what we say all the time because she doesn't, she is an animal when it comes to being insanely competitive. My son too, guess where they got it from? And my wife, your wife. Um, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it, it's the both of us, but 
they're insanely competitive. And every time that you see that, you should be thankful that that's an opportunity for you to be able to walk them through those emotions. That's because true. we've been we've been able to walk my son. Like we don't really play board games in our house because inevitably someone is talking mad shit at the end of it, and someone else is in tears. And it's are you upset to be in tears it's around annoying. your kids, Jay? Uh, I, I'm not a big crier. Not a, not a big crier. I'm pretty even keel, so not a big crier. <laughs> um, but I am on the piss side uh, when I lose. Shocking. But the but here's the thing: we make them play board games with us anyway because it's an opportunity for us to elicit those emotions and then be able to walk them through that. Like, hey, yes, losing sucks. I don't want you to ever be comfortable in a competition with losing, but. You do have to be a gracious loser. You still have to be a professional. Um, you still have to have sportsmanship. You still have to look the other person in the eye and say, good game. And then you figure out your game plan for the next time that you play, and you better not lose that damn game. So there's you know, a lot of parenting opportunities, and it's okay for something to explode. And I think that's where a lot of parents are getting kind of you know, off kilter, like, oh, my God. My snowflake, she's so sad. Be like, yeah, she just got her ass kicked in this game or she just lost a soccer match or something like that. That's a part of life. And if she doesn't, if he or she doesn't go through that now, you don't want them going through that when they're 16, like because it's already done and they've already formed their, um, their personalities and everything else. So I would actually encourage having those types of emotions as long as you are there to be able to put it in context and then also be able to um, help walk them through it as a parent, like you would with anything else. Like your kid didn't come out of the womb, like bam, walking. No, it took time. It took encouragement. It took working them through it. And it's just like everything else. Um, even with emotions, like you got to suck at something before you become good at it. <laughs> That's very true. Um I'm still waiting for you to get good at Call of Duty, but that's for another another show, I think. Bro, <laughs> I am still trying to download this massive effing update, and you can't see it. And I think I talked to you about it previously. Is it's trying to like do this like add on because I want to play with you after this podcast, mm-hmm. and it gets up to like seven gigs, and then it just backs off and resets. So I don't even know what's going Wait, on. You know, so. I I do have a simple fix for you. I am not getting an Xbox. I'm just saying that I haven't heard any Xbox uh, players uh, have any issues with the download today or yesterday. Hang on a second. How's that dev error going for you? They fixed it. Sorry. I was, supposedly. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The bugs, the bugs in online games today definitely, uh, definitely can, uh, can ruin it. Now I've got a question of the day. I actually had someone reach out to us. Um, because we're talking about what games we think are appropriate. And I'm going to pose this to the chat room as well while we continue on. And, and we can revisit this because I'm sure you're like me, Jay. You might not remember. I remember this game, but I don't know if it's appropriate. So I had a mom reach out to me and say, hey, my kid really wants this game. They're six years old. It's Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Now, it's the remastered version, which tells me this game was probably early PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. I don't remember... Exactly. From what I remember, Hot Pursuit was the one where there's a lot of cops and robbers, but I don't remember if there was any violence in it, if there was um, talking. 
it's mainly just car racing. Somebody's a cop and someone's someone's a, you know. So if anyone in the chat thinks about it, if knows that there was any language, I don't really remember. I thought, I just remember kind of like driving. You were either trying to escape from a cop chasing you, or you were a cop trying to catch someone. Um, the only thing I could think of for like that era of games is every once in a while they'd have a um, cartoonish kind of um, flag drop girl is really kind of what I remember from those like eras of games is like really the only thing that I was, think you're, it's I not, think you're talking about cruising USA. Yeah. I might actually be going a little too far back. <laughs> um, it's not leisure suit, Larry, you're going to be fine. Um, you know, need for speed uh, or, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything that that stands out. I yeah, because it was later that they got into the storylines, right? With like actual talking and stuff. Now I know somebody in the chat says not for. They don't think it's good for a six year old because of violent accidents. But I, I, know knowing this person, I think they're already letting them. I mean, there's no difference than. I mean, playing Gran Turismo or you know, I would say Forza Horizon is is fine for a kid if they want to play a driving game, and there can be just as much in that. Um. I did. I did tell them that it was, you know, as far as I know, it's almost like a, you know, cops and robbers type deal. So they're, you know, if you're a cop, you're trying to crash the person, trying to pull them over because there was no like, they didn't stop. So, uh, and if you were driving, you're just running over everything to get there. So, I'm hoping that uh, that go. It also, they say it also promotes violence against cops, which a kid that age might not be able to understand correctly. Yeah, I can definitely let them know that that's something. I, again, I think that comes down to what the parent can. But I appreciate that uh, crash in the chat. I'm going to pass that on because um, that's what this is about. It's it's about advice, not not necessarily what we think, but just educating a parent on what type of game that is and what it can. I, that's perfect saying it also promotes violence. So as long as I think they're aware and they can help their kid understand. I, I think it would be me. My, me personally is going to be up to the parent, but I, I love hearing the feedback and knowing exactly what uh, is kind of in the game. Jay, any thoughts on how you would handle that? Like if your kid wants to play it, they're younger and you see that kind of violence. How do you go about making sure they can, they know it's the difference. Just like we had a question before um, the art person was struggling. Their kids struggle with the video game world and the real world. So how do we make sure this isn't a case of a six-year-old seeing that you can just run a cop off the road and knowing that that's a video game and not real life? Well, the well, the good news is they got ten years to figure out that uh, they can't actually do that in real life uh, before they actually get a driver's license. So cross fingers on that one. But um, you know, I, and I think we mentioned that maybe the first week is you really have to be in tune with your kids, and so if you wouldn't let them watch. Um, Fast and Furious, maybe that's a game that might be a little too advanced. At the same time, um, I'm not sure how much they remastered it. Like Cruising USA, like the person like flips out of the car. But the graphics were so terrible on it that you can definitely tell that it was like a, a pixelated out person yeah. um, that fell on their butt. So, um, you know, and that's kind of the thing is, is I know a lot of people look to us and say, okay, look, they're six years old. Can they do X? And you and I, um, I think both kind of had that agreement of there's a lot of other questions that need to go along with that before you can actually answer because there is no black and white. 
there is no there's no definitive answer it's all shades of gray and developing that relationship with your children so that you can make that good decision on their behalf or how to explain to them that they're not quite ready for it yet um you know and that's and that's kind of the challenge like it was really funny so um probably an overshare but when i was like in middle school i really wanted to watch a couple of horror movies that came out and my parents basically sat me down they're like look you suffer from night terror still like why would you want to watch this watch this movie and cause you even more like sleeping problems than you already had and because my parents had always been really upfront and honest with me and really talked about the reasonings and what's going on um i held off a couple of years and i'm glad i did um but now i love scary horror movies but i just wasn't quite ready but my parents were able to sit down and explain to me like look you already can't sleep as it is you already wake up in the middle of the night screaming why are you going to watch freddy krueger like go into people's dreams and cut themselves up and everything else so like jay this is a recipe for disaster you can do it if you want yeah absolutely you know, like but like it, it's it's terrible um you know, and, and that's kind of just my parents. I had a great experience with my parents in that particular situation, being really in tune with what's going on and sitting down and just talking to me. That's true. It's true. I, I think that 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 can go a long way um, just to, to help understand the difference. Um, and as you know, as we're in a society that's constantly worried, are they getting too much of this, too much of that? And I think it's like, especially coming from a video game background when a lot of parents are nervous about what kind of content their kids may or may not be seeing. I think people that love video games like, like us, you also kind of fall into that camp of telling every parent to be overly cautious because you're tired of hearing the, Oh, it's there. My kid grew up this way because of video games. Oh, they did this because of video games. So now, now it's kind of like, it almost feels like we're in a corner where we're like, Oh, maybe they, maybe they shouldn't play that because I don't want to hear this. Oh, they did that because of a video game. You, you know, so I think it goes, you know, you've got the extremes of two sides and you've got to find that balance in the middle. Like we always come back to. Well, it's really the bell curve. Like you're always going to have, it's, it's what you can always point to one extreme example of, Oh, well that person played video games for eight hours a day. And the only difference between them and, per, and a professional was a professional got good and got paid off of it. And this person wasted four years of their life trying to be um, something that they couldn't achieve. And I snap around and go, yeah, like, like, you know, 99% of all high school athletes or 99% of all college athletes never turn pro. And so, you know, it's, it's weighing the pros and cons. And, you know, I think it's just good life advice to make sure that everything's in balance. Yeah, you know sure. your your gaming, your entertainment part, your your meat and potatoes part of work and and everything else. And there's something to be said for uh, you know, for making sure your soul's fed. All right, so yeah, that's true. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm processing what you're saying is definitely true. And I'm trying to jump into our next topic all at the same time, or we're just going to keep going in circles on this one. <laughs> so last last topic of the day. Um, Sorry, we've got an extra special guest. Um, oh. Let's see. Let's see in the camera. Who do we got here? Uh, this is my dog, Gracie. Gracie. So apparently, she, yeah, she's deaf. 
Uh, but she just woke up and, and came in for her oh, evening uh, what, scratches. What kind, of so. dog is, what kind of dog is Gracie for those not uh, uh, on camera? Here? <laughs> uh, Aussie Red Healer mix. Okay. Uh, she's about 14 years old. Beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. Yes. For those just listening to the podcast version, we had an appearance <laughs> by a dog, so you'll know what we're talking about here. Um, <clears throat> so the other thing that I heard very interesting, conveniently enough, also on IGN's Game Scoop. There was someone that wrote in and they talked about Nintendo games and how their kids can't play them at a young age, even though now keep in mind, Nintendo games are geared towards younger kids with an adult side in mind as well. Whether it's Mario games, the Zelda games, you know, older crowds play them now, but they've always been for kids. Nobody really argues that. Now, what's frustrating for her kids and for the, the mom that had written in, I believe it was a mom, the amount of text in a Nintendo game, there is no speaking. And they were, they were wondering, why doesn't Nintendo include any voiceovers? Because they're younger kids that can't read, don't understand what the heck is happening in a game. Now, IGN's defense was, Nintendo's kind of stuck, if you think about it. Because the the little like mumbling voices in Animal Crossing or Mario or can you imagine if they gave Mario an actual voice or gave somebody from Animal Crossing voices and Link all of a sudden have a voice? The community would lose it like they would go nuts. Um, Somebody said, do I know why Link doesn't? I don't know the actual reasons behind everything. But it brings up a good point. Does Nintendo, are they just stuck? Do they not care? Do you find the games to be inaccessible? Or do you think their games, and this is my opinion, because I played some of those games before I could really read when I was really young. I think the games are so easy to understand. You, The, the texting part of it almost brings a storyline for adults. But for kids, they don't care. I don't I don't really think that it hinders them from playing some of those games. Now Animal Crossing is a little bit different, right? Because it's sending you on quest and if you don't know what they're asking you to do, you know, you're constantly asking your parent, "What what does this game want me to do?" So I just want to as a parent that that's gone through this and and now obviously your kids are older now, but you had kids that couldn't read, I'm sure when they first started playing the games. How was that did that ever come across as an issue for you? I have a slightly different opinion. I have a, I have the fourth opinion. I thought it was fantastic because it forced my son to read. And it drove him nuts that he didn't know what was going on in Animal Crossing and these different animals and everything and it forced him to slow things down. And if I wasn't around to help walk him through it, he would have to sound everything out. So I'm actually of the fourth opinion of I don't want like to be to it to be easy. Um, I wanted him to be forced to actually read what was going on. Um, I'm a big proponent of um, kids development of, of reading more than videos. So he doesn't really watch videos and stuff. Um, If he wants to read reviews, I let him do that. And yeah, he doesn't make it through a lot of it. And there's some comprehension that's lost. 
but I think it's a big skill to be able to read and comprehend and understand. Cause you're right. There's been times when he's like, dad, I don't get where, you know, X is. And I'm like, well, we'll pull it back up. And I'm like, Oh buddy, you, you, you kind of butchered that paragraph. Like, let's, let's try this again. Cause you're actually looking for just a butterfly, bud. You've already got one. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different things on that, but man, I mean, you know, once you start getting voices and I know that, you know, people go to Nintendo and we were just talking about call of duty updates and stuff, but none of the operators there have a voice other than like what four letters, four words. Yeah. Yeah. Like get it's some you're more has... immersed, you know, just like crash is saying, that's basically why link doesn't have a voice is because they want you to be link. And, and a lot of games have, have gone that way. So I, I totally get it from a, an immersion standpoint. I understand what, what the creators are trying to go, but this was just kind of a, an overall opinion on kids games most of them don't have voices and they're, they're especially Nintendo more than any, any other company probably is text-based gaming, you know, all the way down to even the Pokemons. And I mean, every kid's game is nothing but text-based. And I, you know, I, like I said, I'm sure that that is a design choice. They've just always decided to stay with. And if they ever left it, I'm sure the, the outrage against them would be overwhelming and they could lose sales on top of the fact that, now, if you add voices, you've got to look at multiple different languages. You've got to hire voice actors. All that stuff starts to get extremely expensive, right? So definitely changes the the cost and the development of the game. I mean, so I, I think they're kind of stuck the way they are. And I, I'm kind of of the opinion I'm with you. I look at it the exact same way. You know, when Parker's old enough to start playing games, I'm going to be excited to, to be able to read the games with him. But I also want it to be something else that yeah he's excited about this game he's also reading so let's put the two and two together uh, so i think that well, nintendo kind of forces them i definitely don't think that they did it on purpose trying to educate kids i just think that inadvertently you can use it as a, as a teaching tool for, as a parent well and i think it you know it kind of originally started off as you know the eight bit games with nintendo and everything you're not putting voices on a cartridge with that little processing because, you know, you get two words and the whole the whole memory has gone. But, you know, the other thing that I like about it is, especially on the switch, is if he doesn't have his headphones to plug in. Buddy, turn off the sound and he can still play and know what's going on because he's reading what's on the screen as opposed to having to hear um, everything that's on there. And, you know, there's a lot of times that I play games um, you know, when I grab a switch or, or something and I'm in a place where I can't do it, like on a bus or on something like that. And I don't have headphones with me. I can still play, which, you know, are, I, I completely agree. I don't think those were intentional design choices that they made, but it just kind of worked out in the favor of, you know, being able to do those, those few things. But I like being able to play, um, you know, my wife's downstairs, like watching some sort of Bridgerton. And um, <laughs> I'm not really interested in what's going on. So I'm like playing video games next to her, um, you know, kind of doing the same thing. But I don't have to have the sound on. Correct. Yeah. So I, th I definitely think there's pluses and minuses. So, all right. Before we take off, as always, we're going to jump into a, a fun story from our childhood. And uh, I'm going to kick it over to Jay Noller, Mr. U.S. Bobber. What kind of story you got for us this week? Oh, man. A good gaming story. Um, not necessarily a good gaming story, but I can tell you the well, way to first... set the, the, the standard. No, 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 no. But 
not a good gaming story like the fact that I broke my controller playing King Griffey Jr. or or, or something like that. But I can remember because we talk about consoles and we touch into um, computers every once in a while. But um, I still remember, in addition to being a Nintendo Christmas kid, um, the first time that my parents got me a computer at my house. And it was a Commodore 64. Not that I'm dating myself, but I still remember they got it at a yard sale. And I can't begin to tell you how excited I was because we got a box about this big with like 50 floppy disks, <laughs> actual floppy disks, not the little hard ones and everything else, but the actual like big old floppy disks and stuff. And being able to play games um, that were super simple, like Oregon Trail and um, Solitaire and Texas Hold'em and just kind of how big the universe could possibly be with gaming, not just uh, shooting games or not just, you know, Mario games or not just all these other things, but really just how many games that you could possibly uh, come up with and you could really find your own, your own niche. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, for me, uh, one story I want to talk about is I actually, uh, my, my mom, the gaming dad's mom is actually coming into town to see her grandson. Um, first time she's getting <gasps> the same, so she'll be here. So for my stream, is she going to be on the podcast? She won't be here during the podcast, but she is going to be on the stream tomorrow night from eight to eleven uh, Central Time during my streaming time. She's going to be playing. I've already downloaded Pinball FX. That's her favorite, like actual game. So she likes to play it on a video game. We might play some sort of like horror story game where it's an interactive game. I, I think it would be really cool. So hopefully if people want to stop by and, and see my mother uh, try her hand at some video games. She's she's nervous and excited all at the same time. So that'd be fun. But as a kid, uh, one thing that I remember is this actually my father. I think that it's super important as parents to maybe find a game or two when your kids are really young that you spend like a lot, like just an overarching time with them, like a moment. And for me, one of the first memories I have of that is on the Atari. My dad decided you're not going to bed early tonight. We're staying up all night and we're going to play Galaga. And our goal, yeah. our goal was now I was a little kid, right? And this is back, you know, the Atari had the, you had the swivel. So our goal was to get to level 99 on Galaga. That's all he wanted oh. to do. He wanted to to roll, you know, to get past level 99 because nobody knew what happened at the time. At least, obviously, no internet. You can't just look it up. I'm sure people, had, I'm sure we weren't the world's first by any means like that. But <laughs> so what we did is we played every other level. We died a couple times, but... Eventually, we got, got on a roll. And after a certain level, they're basically all the same from about 50 or 60 on from what I remember. Well, after a couple hours of playing, it may be 2, 3 in the morning, we finally get to, like, level 98. And you could tell my, you know, I remember looking back, my dad nervous as crap, like, I can't believe I'm handing this controller over to my little kid. <laughs> but we did it. He gets to play level 99. We beat it. And I've never seen my dad so deflated in his life. You know what happens after you get to level 99 in Galaga on Atari? 
absolutely Credits. nothing. It just goes back oh. to level. It just goes back to level one and starts over. I mean, your score keeps going, but it's slow again. It's like so. He goes. We played to about level five, and he goes. All right, I think we've played enough. Let's go to bed. <laughs> but you know what? To to his credit, that's a story that I will remember for the rest of my life. And I've got many stories. Whether you know, I we did a whole an overnight twenty four hour almost play of Tecmo Bowl until we went all the way through the, and won the Super Bowl and things like that. And I think that gaming can be such a, a intimate time with with father and son, mother daughter, father daughter, mother son playing games together for an extended period of time, having that moment, not just jumping in and playing one or two games or trying to play Fortnite because your kid plays or trying to play Roblox, but really find a game that can, they can have an end or something you build to and play, sit down and have one of those marathon sessions. You might always hate that your kids do that six hour that they don't want to take the game away from them. Play with them the whole time. They'll remember that for the rest of their life. So that's kind of my, one of my advice is, is I take off from here. But um, I hope everyone had a great night. Don't forget, every Thursday, 9 o'clock Central Time, we're going to be on uh, for Parents vs. Gaming. Like I said, starting next week, we bring in our third full-time host. That's going to be Alexis Jordan 98 You can find her on Twitch. I've got US Bobber here. He's on PlayStation Network. Uh, Gaming Dad, you can find me on TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, a little bit of everywhere, YouTube. And you can also, if you miss the podcast and you want to watch it or listen to it later, it's going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places that you probably pull your podcast from. You can also watch the video version on YouTube at YouTube slash The Gaming Dad. So I hope everyone has a great night. Bobber, anything left to say before we take off? Uh, no, I'm just going to uh, throw my controller through my TV as uh, I've watched it. I don't know how many times like start to get the progress bar up and then restart. So if anybody has any suggestions, it's called let us it's know. called completely uninstalling and reinstalling. Oh, uh, so no 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 games tonight, buddy. And the chat uh, the chat tells you, you the chat tells you to get uh, get better internet. Um, my internet's actually running pretty well right now. And going back to the whole uh, Xbox thing, I believe Wright actually still owes me one. I don't know if he's on tonight, uh, but just true. a friendly reminder that he does owe me an Xbox still because I kicked his ass in um, in Warzone. So let that be a lesson. Don't challenge me. <laughs> I might suck, but don't challenge me. All right, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I hope everyone has a great Easter weekend. We look forward to seeing you next week. And like I said, Alexis Jordan will be here. So have a great night. Thank you very much, guys.